I can't believe I have to go back in the closet for this. Hi there, and welcome to the very first episode of Upside Down and Back to Front. Today, I will be talking about what it means to be transgender and sharing my own story. Welcome to Upside Down and Back to Front. I'm your host, Keegan Zachariah. I'm a young transgender person from South Africa who is passionate about helping others. On this podcast, I will talk about being transgender, my journey, neurodivergency, as I am autistic, and bring in others to share their experiences. This is a safe space for everyone, so please stick around. What does it mean to be transgender? Well, let's start with looking at the Google definition. It says, denoting or relating to a person whose gender identity does not correspond with the sex registered for them at birth. For example, a transgender activist or author. It's not a bad place to start, a bit wordy though. To me, being transgender means that I identify, or feel, different from the gender I was marked as when I was born. We can think of transgender as an umbrella term, because it relates to anybody who is living as a different gender to what they were assigned when they were born. Now, you may have heard of terms such as trans woman or trans man. These would fall under the transgender umbrella. My intention today is to define these terms, as well as a few others, in a clear and easy to understand way, as well as to provide a bit of background on my own journey as a transgender person. Let us look at terms that are used when talking about gender. Perhaps the best place to start is to explain the difference between sex and gender. Sex, also known as biological sex, is what you were assigned at birth. It's when you were born and the doctor looked at you and decided if you were male or female. I would also like to know that intersex people exist, but as it's such an important topic, I feel like it deserves its own episode and I will not be going into detail here today. This decision is based on your sex characteristics. These include your reproductive organs, your chromosomes, and your hormones. Gender, on the other hand, is an internal perception of who you are. It's your sense of being male, female, or something else. It's often the case that the two match up. Someone's sex, what they were assigned at birth, for example, is male. And their gender identity, what they feel they are, is also male. This is called being cisgender. Despite what many people think, it's not a derogatory term. Cis spelled C-I-S, comes from the Latin prefix meaning on the side. That's for someone whose gender stays the same. For those whose sex assigned at birth does not match their gender identity, as you've seen, we use the word transgender. This comes from the Latin prefix meaning on the other side of, someone whose gender changes. Some examples include a transgender man, This refers to somebody who was assigned female at birth but identifies as male. That's me. Also used are FTM, stands for female to male, trans guy, trans man, trans boy. You get the idea. A transgender woman refers to someone who was assigned male at birth but identifies as female. Also used are MTF, male to female, trans girl or trans woman. Another word you may have or have not heard used is non-binary. A non-binary person is someone who does not identify fully as male or female, regardless of the gender they were assigned at birth. 
So now you have a bit of an understanding of sex characteristics and gender identity, as well as a few examples. Let us look at gender expression. Gender expression has to do with a person's appearance, personality, and behaviors that are thought of culturally or by society as stereotypically male or female. It's important to note that this can differ from culture to culture, and a large part of it is based on stereotypes. Someone's gender expression does not determine their gender identity. You can have someone who is male, who behaves in a quote-unquote stereotypically feminine way. That does not make him transgender. Some people are gender non-conforming. That means they don't act in a way that is typical of their gender. Gender expression is really just that. A way to express yourself in a way that makes you happy. And if you stop and think about it, the majority of people do not act 100% stereotypically male or female. We all have mixed interests, and that's perfectly okay. Transphobia or homophobia. This is the discrimination of someone based on their perceived sexuality or gender identity. Someone does not need to be gay to experience homophobia, and someone does not need to be trans to experience transphobia. They just need to be perceived as. Now, that is most of the terminology you will hear in the news or from people talking about this topic. But in order to have a deeper understanding, next I want to cover some terminology that's a bit more specific to trans people in our community. My thinking is that if you come across a person using these words, you can have a better understanding of what they may be talking about, and it might make a conversation go easier. So, let's begin. Misgendering. That's when someone either accidentally or intentionally uses pronouns or gendered terms that don't match a person's gender identity. For example, referring to a trans woman as he or sir. Passing is when a trans person is seen as their gender identity instead of their sex assigned at birth. Gender dysphoria, often just referred to as dysphoria, is the discomfort a person feels because of the mismatch between their gender identity and their sex assigned at birth. Gender identity disorder is an outdated diagnosis. It used to be years for people struggling with gender dysphoria when it was thought of as a mental health condition. Thankfully, the World Health Organization declassified being transgender as a mental illness in May 2019. It took a while, but we got there. Right, so now you know the terminology. Let's get into the story. I think the best way for anyone to understand and learn is through people just sharing their own experiences. A bit of background on me. My name is Keegan. I am 21 years old and I live in Durban, South Africa. My favorite game is Animal Crossing. I have four brothers. Yes, four, I know. And I work with my family, both biological and adopted, as a heat treatment technician. I am transgender. I have been on hormones for three years as of the 28th of May. I've navigated the legal system to change my name and start the process of changing my gender marker. I've spent more time at home affairs than I would care to admit. Over the years, I've come out to dozens of people. I've worked with my local LGBTQ plus support group, and I even performed an original song at Pride. The reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to know I've been where you are. I know how hard this journey is, and I'm going to do my damned best to provide you as much support as I possibly can. After all, who better to provide resources than someone who's done it already? So, let us start at the beginning.
I was born on the 26th of December 2001. I was actually in the local paper that year because they didn't have any Christmas babies. I suppose the 26th is close enough. My mom jokes I wanted to see what I was getting for Christmas. That might be true. I was born a girl. A little early, but perfectly healthy. My family was delighted, especially my dad. There's a family of boys all the way. I was his third child and he had always wanted a girl. Sorry about that one, Dad. Jokes aside, my childhood was pretty normal. I think there's this misconception that trans kids show signs from day one. That's the idea a lot of us have in our heads. A magazine article we saw somewhere of a two-year-old born a girl saying, Mom, I'm a boy. And while this does happen, it's not nearly as common as the media would lead you to believe. My experience, and the experience of many trans people I know, is that our early childhood was fun. A little awkward at times, but mostly fun. For a lot of us, the issues began to hit once you get out of that early childhood era, where I feel like a lot of us are pretty androgynous anyway. I mean, I was. And into that later childhood, preteen era. Now, this is where gender becomes more obvious. Gender roles become more entrenched, and the dreaded puberty is on the horizon. For me, this was terrifying. And I think as a sort of coping mechanism, I just pretended it didn't exist. I was pretty convinced it wasn't going to happen to me. Female purity sure as hell wasn't coming anywhere near me. That would be so wrong. The idea of growing up and quote-unquote turning into a girl was not only impossible to me, but it also made me sick to my stomach. I think it's kind of interesting to note that whenever I thought of puberty, I thought of it turning me into a girl against my will. This shows I never really thought of myself as a girl even then. Through learning about it at school and getting the talk from my mom, I still remained aloof. Unfortunately, as time went on, it got harder and harder to ignore. In the beginning, I was so annoyed. I felt like someone had made a mistake, and I had the mentality of waiting it out till God or the universe realized it and set things right. I couldn't stomach the thought of being stuck like this forever. But then I started my period, and that hope of all this being sorted out was shattered. That was the start of some of the hardest years of my life. I would spiral into self-loathing every month when it came around. I couldn't bear it. I was so angry all of the time. Why hadn't the universe realized its mistake? Why was it putting me through this? I wished it every opportunity for it to go away. Eyelashes, birthday cakes, shooting stars, fountains, you name it, I probably tried it. But it didn't work, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I knew this amount of anguish wasn't normal, but I didn't have the vocabulary to describe or understand it. That is, until one day. I saw an article online about being transgender. Something in me clicked. I no longer felt like a terrible human being, or some weirdo. I felt seen. I dove headfirst into research, YouTube being my biggest resource at the time. I binged watched creators like The Real Alex Brody, Jamie Dodger, Hadian Dowling, and so many more. Although I had a lot to learn, as this wasn't something I'd ever really known about, it was somewhat intuitive. It all made so much sense to me, it was easy for me to understand. And I needed to explore the possibility that I was trans. It was giving me hope.
People often gloss over this, but experimenting is actually really important. Only we can know ourselves best, and that often involves going through a period of trying to understand ourselves. This is where the internet is a huge asset, or at least it was for me. It provided the opportunity for low-risk experimenting. Social media has the potential to be completely anonymous, and I use this to my advantage. I created profiles on platforms like YouTube and Instagram, and Amino? I don't even know if that's still around anymore. Using a gender-neutral name and a first gender-neutral pronouns as well. This allowed me to interact with people using this identity and see how it made me feel. I was able to experience what it felt like to be referred to by a different name and different pronouns. Just as importantly though, was the fact that it gave me the freedom to ask questions and look for advice. I didn't have to worry about anyone's opinions because they didn't know it was me. I followed people who were trans, who were active in the community or vocal about their support of it. I made friends with other people my age online, some of whom were also going through similar things. This gave us the opportunity to support each other, chat through things we were struggling with to people and understood. And after a while of using a gender neutral name, I went for a very generic name. Max originally and Sam thereafter. I know. I realized although being referred to in a neutral way and using they them pronouns made me feel a whole lot better than being seen as a girl, it still didn't ease my discomfort completely. I didn't want to be seen as neutral. I wanted to be seen as male. So, back to the drawing board. I went with the name Ridian from a TV show I was obsessed with at the time. It's Wolfblood, if you're curious. And I think I only have actually watched the first two seasons, so I don't know. Anyway, I was also into writing at the time, so I was pretentious as all hell, and my pen name was Ridian Matthew Gray. I suppose I thought it sounded cool. I started using male pronouns. It was amazing. It felt so normal, so natural. I was so much more confident. Having that safe space online gave me the time I needed to process things and come to understand myself, and most importantly, accept myself. Offline, however, things were a lot more complicated. I'm going to talk a bit about it here, but I'll go into more detail in an episode that deals with coming out. And hopefully there I can give some advice about how to come out and how to deal with negative reactions. So, I came out to my parents when I was 13, in September 2015. I really struggled, and I don't think I did the best job explaining it to them. They were supportive, but had some reservations. And although looking back now, I can understand their reaction better, at the time it was really difficult for me. Now, almost eight years later, they are extremely supportive and some of my biggest allies. My mom actually edits these scripts. Hi, mom. The reason I mention this at all is because I know how hard it is to come out and have to manage other people's feelings as well as your own. But the chances are, at that time, you are the expert. You are probably 10,000 steps ahead of them in knowledge and understanding, and it might just take them a bit of time to catch up. I know this is frustrating. My parents and I had many ups and downs, but they cared and they wanted to understand. And that's the most important thing. If the want for them to understand you is there, they'll get it. If it's not, they probably won't. 
Love is not enough in this instance, because it might just be the case that they love a version of you, not who you really are. Someone I know, you see, her mum says she loves her and doesn't want to hurt her, which she might believe is true, but she doesn't even try to understand. In the five years we have known each other, her mum has never stopped misgendering her or using the wrong name, or even tried. So yes, sometimes love isn't all we need. We need understanding too. But with both, I think we can overcome most barriers. If you want to get a feel for how much of an impact support can actually make, let me give you some statistics. In a national survey done by the Trevor Project, it's a great organization you should look into, shows the suicide attempt rate of LGBTQ plus youth without an accepting adult to be 27.3% versus 17 if they have at least one accepting person in their lives. That's a huge difference that we can make in somebody's life. All it requires is for us to be accepting of the LGBTQ plus people in our lives. To end this episode, I would just like to say thank you to the people in my life who support me, to everyone who has helped make this dream of starting a podcast real, my mom for editing my scripts and for coming up with the logo, my dad for paying for my Canva subscription so I could make said logo and printing the scripts for my mom to proofread, and buying me my first camera and microphone years ago, which kickstarted this whole interest, to Kim and Angela for giving me the go-ahead on this project and believing in me. To my family at work, Cub and Safiso, for listening to me talk about this 24-7, for helping make me a desk, and for letting me steal the office whiteboard for planning. To my grandparents and brothers for being so patient now and in the upcoming weeks with the fact that I am just so busy and I haven't had as much time to spend with you. To the advocacy team and all the amazing humans I have met through this journey, thank you for your unwavering support. My friends and family and colleagues, Thank you for your support of me over the years. And even to the people who weren't supportive. Thanks for showing me who I don't need in my life. Teaching me not to care what other people think and how to set boundaries. I hope you find peace. And most of all, thanks to anyone who listened. I hope to be doing this for a long time. Stay safe, be kind, and you are worth so much more than you could ever know.